Salary negotiation is one of the parts of the job search process that I feel most confident about. And it is one aspect that I talk about the least. I'm changing that up today by sharing seven things I will not do when I'm negotiating my own salary so that you can optimize your own approach to this very critical process. I'm Jen Walker-Wall. Welcome back to Reimagining Ambition. Your relationship to work and your career have changed over the last few years. And that means the same old career advice just won't do. I'm Jen Walker-Wall, career strategist, resume writer, and founder of Work Wonders Careers. If you're looking to ditch overthinking and hustle culture and pursue work and life in alignment with your values and priorities, you're in the right place. Welcome to Reimagining Ambition. One thing about me, I do not mind having a contrarian take. If I have a lot of good evidence for it, if I feel strongly in my gut, it is the right thing to do. And there are many examples of where my contrarian streak shows when it comes to thinking about and talking about how to best negotiate your salary. My experience and my confidence in the way that I personally tackle the salary negotiation process doesn't really come from my experience of helping clients and job seekers navigate through it. It comes from the experience that I had on the other side of the table when I was involved in the hiring process. And I watched this process unfold behind the scenes time and time again. And honestly, that process is pretty bureaucratic. What goes into determining an offer is unglamorous. It, it involves things like budgets and salary bans and internal equity and compensation consultants. Don't worry if your eyes are glazing over. That's not what this episode is about. But there's so much going on behind the scenes to take into account when you are preparing and negotiating your own salary. And part of the reason I consider my salary negotiation takes contrarian is because there's so much advice out there that's never made any sense to me. I've had so many clients over the years feel that they cannot give a number when asked by a recruiter what their target range is because it puts them at some kind of strategic disadvantage in the negotiating process. I don't feel that way. I really don't. And I suppose there could be some bad actors out there. I mean, we know there are bad actors out there. But I don't really like to engage in this process assuming everyone I engage with is in fact a bad actor, especially as I'm going through the negotiation process or in a, in a final round of interviews. I really want to be making sure that I'm going into an institution or an organization where people prioritize fairness around salary. Before I dive in to my seven tips, I want to share my salary negotiation success story. When I was very early in my career, I was faced with taking an offer that the initial offer was lower than the salary that I was making. Now, I hated the job I was in, but I really needed to make more money. Like I had just finished grad school, my undergrad and graduate loans needed to be repaid, and I was just not in a position to really think about taking a financial step. 
the offer was $400 less than I was making. And I was panicking about it. Now, I'm 40 years old. I'm not panicking over $400 anymore. And probably it was not necessary to panic about it back then. Okay, but this is pre-career coach Jen. This is like formative career moments that led to career coach Jen. And what I did is I asked them to match my current salary. I said, this would be a bit of a step back. Could you meet me at $400? And actually, I'm kind of embarrassed now that I'm saying this out loud, that I asked for $400. Alas, that is what happened. And this recruiter, I should do a whole podcast episode on my engagement with this recruiter because I was so traumatized making this career transition that I was like not managing myself well. And she was so patient and so kind and did not make me feel. And I don't know if it's because she just deals with people like this all the time or if she just felt bad for me, but she was so kind and so patient. She said, thank you for letting me know. Let me go back to the team and see what we can do. And of course, I'm like, I blew it. I asked for too much money. I'm going to lose this opportunity. I'm going to be stuck at this job for the rest of my life. Nothing good is ever going to happen to me. I made a critical error somewhere and it is irreversible. You know these spirals, right? And like two hours later, she called me back and I'm in my office at this terrible job. And she goes, Jen, I have some good news for you. We would like to offer you $12,000 more and a job title change. I think I blacked out, to be totally honest, because $12,000 was a lot of money to me at the time. Like I'd never gotten a $12,000 raise. If you work in higher ed or the nonprofit world, then you know what I'm talking about. Like we don't get bonuses. We Our salaries are generally pretty low. Our expectations are rock bottom. But they came back with a much better offer that they thought better reflected my qualifications and experience, which in fairness to me was legitimately true. Like I was overqualified for the job. They changed the title. They increased my salary. And they were like, we hope this makes it easier for you to accept. And I was like, oh, it sure does. Like I, I, to me, that's, that, that was my version of winning the lottery, as humble as it was. It made a big difference in that $12,000. That many years ago, you know, it made a real big difference at the time. And I think that's when I really started to understand the power of asking. So let me stop giving all kinds of context and let me just dive in to the seven things that I will not do. The first thing I will not do is I will not begin an interview process without creating some expectations, goals, and needs of my own. I have noticed over the years that when people ask me for help negotiating a salary or preparing to have that conversation, what they're often asking me to do is to tell them the number that they should be negotiating for. And that's, that's, that's not what I do as a career coach. Like I, I have enough experience in the field to, to be able to benchmark a lot of salaries for sure. I have a good reference in my brain over which places pay what, what kind of job titles and salaries. But that's only part of what you can and should consider negotiating. And you are going to want to take into account what you need to make, what you want to make, and what you want your life to look like. For me, that means I'll always have a range of where I would like to be. I like to work with ranges 
because they give me flexibility and they give the people I'm interviewing with flexibility. So I like to have a salary range. I like to remember that I, I may not have any idea what the cost of benefits are. And I'm, I'm focusing like on healthcare and retirement, paid time off. Those, those things have a monetary value. And I, I may not have that information. So there's a part of the compensation that's full out missing. And for some of you, that's going to look like stock options. That's going to look like, oh, it could look like deferred comp and like compensation packages can get really complex. But remember, you're talking to a girl who asked for $400. So not always. Sometimes it's very simple. But I'm also thinking about things like, am I running a business on the side? Do I want something that's really like 35, 40 solid hours a week that I can do mostly remote? Do I want something hybrid? Like what are the costs of commuting to work? Are those covered? Is that coming out of my pocket? There's all kinds of benefits and costs related to a job. Do I have to dress up? What's the cost of dressing up every day? Am I going to be so busy? I'm ordering groceries and, you know, going out to lunch every day. I think about those things. And again, that might be just the nonprofit professional talking, but there are a lot of costs involved in having a job. And there's a lot of ways to reduce those costs in terms of how the job is set up and how flexible it is. And I am just someone who has always really valued that flexibility. So I am not someone who is even that attracted to super high paying jobs, unfortunately, because I feel like that ties me into a work culture that prevents me from doing things I've liked, like teaching sociology or career consulting. You could feel very differently. You might have your own reason for wanting really good boundaries there. So I try to think about the money piece, but I also try to think about what are the other costs and expenses and potential benefits here that could have a significant impact on my quality of life and work if I were to accept this job. So have a sense of that for yourself. I do not recommend showing up and not having a sense of that for yourself. And that's because the second thing I will not do, I simply will not hesitate to share my salary range upfront with a recruiter. This is right up there in terms of controversial takes with not writing resumes for applicant tracking systems or ATS systems. Surprisingly controversial take that I feel really comfortable and committed to uh, holding firm because I think I've already said this, like I'm grown. I don't know how old you are. I don't know where you are in your career. I don't know what matters most to you, but I do not want to have ambiguous conversations about a potential job that do not involve compensation. I want someone to tell me what the hiring range is, what the budget for the position is, and I want to show up and let people know what my needs are. People are so hesitant to do this because they're terrified they'll be pulled out of the running. And you may, in fact, have such a discrepancy that you want to be pulled out of the running. A recruiter will also say to you, that's below our range. The best we can do is X. Are you willing to continue? Are you willing to, you know, are you interested or is this not going to work? Should we keep you in mind for another role? That's typically what happens. And there may be times for off by like a few thousand dollars where I'm like, okay, I could give or take that. The opportunity is very compelling for one reason or another. And I can consider being flexible on my range. 
And there are times when I'm like, that is absolutely not going to work for me. Right. And I think that's okay. I think it's good even to maintain your salary expectations. And yes, you can be flexible and see what their benefits are and see how that affects your total compensation and see how compelling the job is and all of those things, which is why I try to be flexible when I can. But I'm not flexible to the point of of living a more challenging life for a job. That's not where I'm at point in my life. I don't know about you. I need to be compensated for my work. When I share my target salary, I will often give a range. And again, the reason for that is that I don't have the full picture of the job. I don't know what the benefits look like. And the range gives me enough flexibility to feel like maybe I could ask for more and to do so with integrity because I've shared, you know, a range, right? Like I haven't anchored on the lowest possible number just to kind of keep myself in the pool. It's not worth it to me to do that. It's not worth it for most of the people I work with to do that. It would be worth it for me potentially if I was coming from a very difficult, toxic, and probably traumatic work experience. And I thought I could land in a place that was safe, that allowed me to reacclimate, that had really great health care so I could get my mental health taken care of. That's when I would seriously flex on salary. I would take a dip to get my foot in a role that would put me on a good, healthy team. And I realize a good, healthy team is subjective, but I, I do work with enough people who have had to quit a job, walk out. I do see and hear some horror stories in my line of work. And if I were in that kind of situation, I would flex on salary to provide some safety and security for me. And honestly, I would probably be happy to have a job that wasn't super taxing because I would focus on recovering from the traumatic work situation. For me, that would be worth it if that I'm sharing that because I don't know who's listening and I don't know what your situation is. And you may just be looking for a way out. And that is both a valid and important move at times. And it also can be a strategic move at times. So I just want to be clear that you know your situation better than I do. You don't have to prioritize salary above all else. But I do think it's really worthwhile to, to figure out what your goals are salary-wise so that you can have a productive conversation with a recruiter. I also don't understand why people refuse to give a salary number to a recruiter who's asking a question. A recruiter can be a huge ally in this process. I don't, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot. I don't want to refuse to answer their questions after I have agreed to an interview. I want to have a conversation. And I recognize going into it, this could be a bust. But I take the conversation, I try to make the most out of it, and I try to come prepared and I try to be honest so that nobody's time gets wasted and everyone can continue moving in the best direction for them. The third thing I won't do when I negotiate my salary, I won't assume the first offer is the best and final offer unless someone explicitly says that, which happens. It hasn't happened to me. It has happened to a few clients where the people doing the interviewing liked them so much, wanted to move things along as quickly as possible, and said, this is the best possible offer we can give you. If, if those words aren't attached to an offer, not only do I think it's okay to ask for more, but 
I think they anticipate that you'll likely ask for more. I've seen a lot of offers given with the assumption that there's a little bit more in the budget. So if they ask for more, we can give it to them. It does feel a little bit like a unnecessary sort of song and dance, if you will, to ask for more, which there likely is because they anticipated that you would negotiate. On the other hand, if you don't negotiate, I think you may be leaving money on the table. And I'm going to give the caveat that I just gave, which is if you have been in a workplace or just like a life situation where like asking for more is is way too hard, you don't have to negotiate your salary. You don't have to. You can accept what's given to you. In an ideal world, people would just be making the best possible offers they could and we could we could skip this part. We could skip this episode. People get very upset when they feel like they haven't advocated for themselves. And it's okay. Like, it is okay to, to not do this if it feels too hard, right? Maybe it will feel better after you have a work experience where you're treated well, where advocating for yourself and others is the norm. So I totally get if this is something that feels like too much for you at this point, for whatever reason. That said, I do think that the assumption is that you'll ask for more. And going back to point number two about sharing your range, when people intentionally lowball a recruiter to stay in the pool, the applicant pool, with the plan of just negotiating for more at the end, I have seen that play out not so great. Because the recruiter basically passes you along to the hiring manager, say, these people are on board with a budget. They're qualified for the job. They're great. I think you should talk to them. And when you come and you've got a, a much larger number than was discussed, I think you lose the trust of the recruiter, which means they're probably not going to want to advocate for you anymore. And I personally would not want to be in that situation. So that's why I like to give the range. I assume, they assume I'll negotiate for more. And that's why I will ask. The fourth thing I won't do is assume that money is the only thing that's negotiable. There are a few things that tend not to be negotiable. So like sick days, healthcare costs, like especially like large organizations, those things are going to be pretty fixed. But I have seen people negotiate a flex schedule. I have seen people negotiate a hybrid work opportunity. I've seen people negotiate the job title, which led to more money. I've seen people negotiate really generous start dates that take into account travel plans or like medical needs and all that stuff. I've seen people negotiate for time off in the first few months, relocation, sign-on bonuses, which I guess is money, but not salary. This is really about knowing what you need at a moment in time. In episode eight, which I will link to, where I talk about three practical steps to redefine and reimagine your relationship to ambition. I talk about knowing the season of life that you're in and the career that you need to support and facilitate that. And that and this step are one and the same. Understanding what you need at any given point in your life. At 22, I was not interrogating the retirement plan or even the health care benefits. But at my age now, I am very interested in those things. I was able to negotiate a very flexible schedule when I was going to grad school at night and I didn't get any more money for the work I took on. This was actually a promotion. 
but I was able to negotiate for myself. I had something that mattered to me. They had something that mattered to them. They had work that they weren't going to pay someone to do, but they needed someone to do it. And I was like, when I want my degree. So two days a week, I left very early and nobody bothered me about it and they got their extra work done. So think about what you need from work. Yes, monetarily, but also lifestyle-wise. The fifth thing I will not do is ignore the total compensation. Some of you probably know my husband is an HR professional. So like in this household, we value the total compensation, especially because we're both in the nonprofit world. And for a lot of us in the nonprofit world, it's the total compensation. I have a pension for just a few years of work. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be limited in terms of what it provides, but that was in addition to matching contributions into my 401k. So all of that, it's still money. And I think those are important things to take into account. Especially people don't think about this enough. People see high salary jobs and, and focus on that. The benefits often are not that strong. And there's exceptions to this, of course, where people just make out great on both ends. But a lot of times I see people take very high paying jobs with very expensive benefits. And sometimes that's worth it. And sometimes it's not. So again, consider the season you're in. Episode eight could be really helpful here. Number six is not something you really need to worry about. This is something, this is like a personal pet peeve uh, that I don't think is a strategic advantage and is part of like the very typical suggested language that I see, which is that when you are asking for more, right, after you've avoided giving the recruiter the salary goal that you were looking for, you then go to negotiate and use this phrase based on my market research. Based on my market research, people in this role are making X. You're welcome to do your research. But in my experience, the amount of data and research that goes into what you're offered is a lot more substantive than you probably realize. We were looking at competitors. We were looking at national data. We were looking at localized data. There's a lot of analysis that goes into this. And so going on Glassdoor or a site like that and calling it market research, I think a little overstates sort of what you've done. And also, sometimes I see people just use this language, not having done any research at all, but just as like the only segue to ask for more money. You do not need to use, based on my market research, as a segue, you know, as a cover to ask for more money. If you want more money, you can ask for it. If they gave you a range and you know there's space left, you can ask for that. There's a lot of different ways that you can do that. And we work with clients to make sure that they have language that they feel comfortable asking for. If you know there's money left in the budget, just ask. Just ask for more money. And if you need help finding a way to have the right words, that's what we're here for. This is one of the reasons I like using a range with recruiters. Sometimes I'll just be like, any chance we can close this gap? We can lower this gap. I love to ask a question and then pause and give people a chance to respond. I should maybe add that as an eighth thing. Like ask, your, ask for what you want and then pause. That's a bonus tip, okay? Now we're going from bonus tip number eight to number seven, which was already in my script here. I won't assume that if I don't get what I want, if I don't get what I ask for, or if 
the worst case scenario happens and an offer is withdrawn, I will not be assuming that's because I'm a bad negotiator or that negotiating is bad or that I did something bad by asking for more. Now, again, if I surprise people with my ask or my negotiation, I wouldn't be surprised if an offer got revoked because they've lost trust in me. But if I ask for something I have reason to believe is reasonable, is doable, and the offer disappears, I'm disappointed, I'm angry, I feel like I've wasted time, but I know I dodged a bullet. I would rather be at a place where it is safe and accepted and normal to self-advocate and where people, and specifically like organizations, have people that can communicate their own limitations. There are reasons you will not get the amount you asked for. The position isn't budgeted. You know, there's internal equity issues. They have limitations. And how well they can articulate that as a them problem rather than a you problem, I think says a lot about what your experience is. I remember the very last job I negotiated for, I got less than I asked for. But they were like, this is the best we can do. This is the top. This is the top of the budget. It's all we've been funded for. And it wasn't much more than the original offer. That was okay with me. Like I, it, it checked enough of the other boxes. It actually also had really inexpensive healthcare, like really inexpensive healthcare. It was the, the least expensive healthcare I've ever had. I could not find a doctor. It was in fact in healthcare. I could not find a primary care physician that had room in their calendar, but at least I did not pay for too much. I did spend a lot of time in urgent care that year and I'm over it. I'm definitely not harboring any, any ill will. If the worst case scenario happens to you, or if you just hear no, I don't think that that's necessarily the end of the world. It might be the end of the conversation. You might decide it's not worthwhile, but it has nothing to do with your negotiating ability. You can tell that I don't like some of the normative salary negotiation advice that's out there. This advice around not giving a number for the recruiter, avoiding providing an answer to the question of what are you looking for salary-wise. That is routine, typical advice. I see it every single week. It's not advice I take. It's not advice I recommend. Not advice that I think fosters the kind of relationship you want to establish with your recruiter and the hiring manager in this process. And for me, that trust and the experience I have with them matters. I don't want to have a combative relationship with a recruiter because I refuse to answer a question that's reasonable to ask. And I don't want to waste my time in a search process not knowing what the point is, not knowing what the salary is going to be. They're asking you for your salary so that they know if they can afford you. I do not think it's a trick. I do not think it's a trap in most cases. The best strategy is some self-reflection on your values and needs, a little bit of research so you understand what people in this role, this organization, like some benchmarks, not to be confused with actual research, and some candor, some honesty. This is very strategic. This is a good strategic process. If you are not honest in your negotiation, I think it will be difficult to form the connection that you need to with the folks involved in the hiring process. And it'll also be hard to find a job where you get what you want. We have to co-create the job that we want. And that means sometimes saying no to things. And sometimes it means asking for things that we need or things that we want. So how can you co-create your ideal offer? Do you like? counterintuitive career advice? 
Do you enjoy small nudges rather than major upheavals that help nudge you in a better, more aligned direction? If so, I would love to invite you to join our Working Wisely community. This is our email list where I regularly share prompts, insights, and invitations with the intention of helping you align your career with your goals, needs, and values. If you're enjoying the podcast, I think you will enjoy the newsletter, if I may say so myself. I will link to the sign-up page in the show notes so you can find us. You can also just head right on over to workwonderscareers.com, sign up right from our homepage. Please leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. It would mean so much. And if I got enough, I might stop asking for them at the end of every episode. And who wouldn't love that? I think everyone would love that. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Reimagining Ambition. While you're here, please hit subscribe or follow and make sure you always get our latest episodes. And if you'd like endless gratitude from yours truly, please consider leaving a review. It really helps our podcast attract new listeners. If you're looking for a hands-on career, job search, and resume support, well, that's what we do best. Come on over to workwonderscareers.com and learn how we help mission-driven professionals like you make career moves that matter.